podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. The boys are back. The K-State basketball run is over. And what has become our custom? Once the basketball season ends, we have a little bit of an anniversary show. Uh, And folks, I'm never going to do something I declare an anniversary show without this man. He was the one who downloaded the app. The very first episode was him messing around with it. He is the co-founder and the number two all-time appearances, only behind me. No one will ever catch him for number two. He's an attractive man. He coins bunches and bunches of different phrases, (laughs) one of which can describe this show perfectly as we are now at year five, over 600 episodes, over 2 million downloads. He is part of the reason why Bosco's voice is gargantuan. And look, folks, he, he's been on a handful of times. And even during football season, he'd get drunk and do Twitter spaces live. Then he'll wake <laughs> up the next morning and forget that he did it. It is the man, the myth, the legend in the running for best dad in America and a super happy Arsenal FC supporter, top of the league. Having a laugh, this will be the year Arsenal left the Premier League trophy for the first time in like over a decade, right? I can't remember. It is back on Twitter with two different accounts that are active. Grant, last name redacted. Grant, welcome back. (laughs) Happy anniversary show. Happy anniversary. Feels good to be back on. Um, Let's hope I can still have a conversation that's being recorded. Oh, I think you'll be fine. Most of this, and we got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Oh yeah, tons of tons of fun stuff to talk about. An amazing year of K State sports, Uh, and that's where I'm going to start. Like, I want to kind of start talking about the show uh, because it is five years. Um, But I want to kind of go to that first because uh, this is the first full sports year where you, you. I think this is. Uh, since we announced that you were taking a step back, I think this is the f- sixth or seventh time we've had you on. Uh, a lot different from, I think we had 120 episodes uh, during this from basically Bruce, the Bruce announcement to now like around 120, 140 episodes or so. You've been on a handful of them, but how how was this year like for your fandom uh, knowing that, hey, I I don't have to talk into a microphone multiple times a week? Um, it's been fucking awesome. That part, not having to worry about the show and just enjoy sports for what it is has been kind of nice. But, um, I will say that being a dad has taught me more than ever to try to be present and that's bled into sports. We've, we've spoken about it before when we, when you have talents like Deuce Vaughn on the field, you need to do everything in your power. One, to try to get there and see him in person, but Two, to to be in the moment, live in the moment, stop worrying about what's next. It's hard, easy to do that as a sports fan, especially when you're in the running for things. 
like, you know, the big 12 championship. It's so hard not to enjoy every play for what it is. when you have talents like Deuce Vaughn on the field and look ahead and, and stress. But I mean, that's what I've learned the most. Just <clears throat> enjoy, enjoy things in the present, particularly sports. Um, and this was a hell of a year to do it uh, because pretty much from start to finish this season, this year, we've had not only incredibly entertaining teams and successful teams, but we've had big characters that are going to live in K-State lore for the rest of our lives. And it's been amazing. And the best part about it is it appears that we're, we're trending up. Like the trajectory only seems to be up. So yeah, it's been great. It's been a great year. Yeah. During the life of this show, we now have been able to have a football big 12 title, a basketball big 12 title, a coaching search for both of those in two elite eight runs. And this kind of feels different. You know, we'll we'll talk about this maybe a little bit later, but there have been some great years uh, combined for K-State football and basketball. I mean, there was what, like a four or five year stretch where K-State football and basketball, I think it, uh, or maybe it was like six out of eight years that both teams like either made the tournament in a bowl game and we, of course, have the three-mile year where men's basketball, baseball, and uh, football all win the Big 12 title. But there was something different about this year. Uh, and it's like, okay, this is, yes, this is like a peak. This is a climax type of stuff. But this isn't the end of the story. You know, this is like the beginning of, a, you know, a saga instead of the culmination of everything. That's kind of what it felt like back in 2012, 2013. Now, things didn't completely fall off a cliff with football. There were still like some okay years, uh, but you kind of had a feeling like, all right, you know, maybe, maybe Bill should go off, you know, on the sunset, all the stuff, stuff, but with Jerome Tang and with Chris Kleiman, it's like, you know, maybe not every year is going to be like this, but it's going to happen again. No doubt about it. This has been the best um, year of my K-State life. Um, I mean, we, you've mentioned what has happened in the past and those other years were great, but I, it's 2023. I think this, that has to be, it has to be said that it, it's 2023 and the digital age is as big as it's ever been. Not only that, you know, we have the, the best media team on earth, I think. And uh, the interaction inside and outside of the program is, is probably as big as it's ever been. And it, Plus, we have very likable staffs on both of the men's teams. So I think all of that just combined with the success that our sporting teams have seen this year, it's just brought so much joy to all of the fans to be able to kind of feel like they're having that front row seat um, plus the success. I can't wait. It just seems like it's getting bigger and bigger. You actually hit something like a nail on the head as to why this probably – rivals 2012 13 so i don't think this year will overtake it because uh we were trophies in are trophies trophies yeah, are I mean, trophies, trophies, and, are we trophies. And, and again i i can go back and forth get, depending on the day of the week i could listen to an argument of regular season championship versus elite eight for basketball but we are back in school like i you know i was uh were you still at k-state that year uh-huh. yeah, yeah 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 right yeah for what 12 13 football i was definitely there and then did you transfer basketball uh, i mean you were up at a bunch of the games but i i can't remember 
technically 11, 12, I think would have been my last, but I don't know. Uh, well, it, regardless, I, you know, still being in school. Oh, no, yeah, I was there. Campus, I was there yeah. when we wanted basketball because, yeah. uh, yeah, I was still living on Rancer and, uh, I remember being in Aggieville that night. Yeah. I was yeah, there. It was like fake Patty's day. Yeah. 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 And we backdoored into it. <laughs> See, and, and, uh, you know, that's maybe another argument as to why this year might be a little better, you know, 12, 13, there's like kind of this element of like, okay, football, you were in a national championship hunt and then you drop the game and you kind of backdoored into winning the big 12 title for basketball. You lose that game versus uh, Oklahoma state and you need Baylor to win it um, to get a share. So that that's another reason why uh, this year might be there. But the the thing I want to hit that nail on the head, the social media and everything covering this team it's absolutely amazing. So we all gushed about it during football season, but basketball season during this run, uh, they had during the NCAA tournament, 2.2 billion with a B social media interactions. That's like, how wild is that? It's insane. I mean, it's insane. And at one point, I mean, I did see a list of interactions with all of uh like a 50 schools top 50 schools or whatever during the tournament and k-state was sitting top of the table at number one um and i mean that stuff really does go a long way um and it kind of it just feels like it's all the synergy between like the success and that type of exposure is definitely a real thing um i don't know man i mean there's there's obviously recency bias here um, coming off of, of, you know, the back end of the tournament and, and the success of the football season. But uh, there are definitely many aspects about this year that, that topple that 12, 13 year. Um, I think he kind of nailed it. The back kind of backdooring into a, a big 12 basketball season and then petering out in both the bowl game and, and falling out of the national title race was absolutely brutal and when i look back on that it it really does kind of take some air out of the tires but those trophies live forever no doubt about it i mean i'll ask you you know i know what you're gonna say you're gonna probably say win the big 12 but like would you rather win the big 12 or have a season like we did year like we did this year in basketball like an elite eight versus a big 12 conference title where you tie genuinely like feels i think we all forgot nothing hits like the tournament like yeah so the it, stress it, of the tournament and it, the joy and the the pendulum of emotion the acute emotion versus like the slog of the you know 18 game conference it's amazing winning a conference title i mean we've got to see it we've been lucky enough to see it twice and you know i've loved the barry brown year the dean wade year the cam year like this team I'll settle for third honestly if it means like being knocking on the door of the final four and having a team that's like unbelievably exciting when everyone in America is watching like I forgot what it was like the tournament I like to belittle basketball mainly because when when we're bad it's just funny to do that bit like we don't care that's that's the coping mechanism but man it feels good it feels good. I love basketball again, and I'm I am fully invested. Yeah, so it it is funny because with the tournament, like a tournament run, if it if you don't make it to the final four, like if we're talking this elite eight, you have 
it's two weekends. Like it, it's literally and the days you're not playing, you're thinking about playing. Yeah, like it, it, it consumes you. Yeah, it, it consumes it, you to the highest level. Yeah, and, and it's great. It is great, but I don't know. There, in I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm weird. I don't know. I, I go back and forth. I think they're really close. I, I truly think they're really close. And I think part of the reason why maybe experiencing this elite eight, and I think it kind of I think it more mirrors the uh, Frank Martin elite eight than uh, Bruce Weber's because. Uh, you know, it was the CBS All Access, so you have a lot of eyes on that. You know, Jacob Pullen team. You do have kind of like a cult of personality. You have Jacob Pullen, then a coach that America becomes obsessed with, with Frank Martin, and then like this year, it's like okay, everyone in the world is obsessed with Marquise Noel. Jerome Tang is the hottest name in coaching. You have, and, and I. I think the song is stupid. I, I think the song is absolutely stupid, but you go viral with this little baby song clap dance thing that everyone in the world is replicating. You know, the football team, uh, it's going viral on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok, but, you know, I saw people posting about it. Um, you see it on Twitter, and then it becomes something that FAU mocks when they win. I, I mean, there's just all these different aspects that make – uh, this run, I think, different compared to the last one because uh, we we truly did kind of become like I don't want to say like maybe not America's team, but the most talked about team in America for that run, and and we weren't that team, uh, you know, for you know Brown, Barry and Cam and Xavier Sneed and you know Dean playing those eight minutes versus Kentucky. Uh, we we weren't that team, you know. You had the sister Jean stuff. There's nothing really viral about K-State. So we are kind of a passenger versus the driver. So if you're going to tell me, hey, the Elite Eight run is going to be America becomes obsessed with you, uh, yeah, that might trump it. But there is something fun about watching, you know, almost every night of the week, Big 12 basketball, trying to figure out, okay, this game is going to help us out with these tiebreakers. And okay, hey, maybe you actually want KU to win this one because it's at home versus Texas, and then kind of like trying to diagnose the path to the Big 12 championship. Uh, So there's a little bit of fun of that, but regardless, I'm hoping we get multiple of these runs with Jerome Tang. I don't know if if next year will happen. Uh, I mean, you have three scholarships to fill in. You have some freshmen, so I have no idea what to expect, but I mean, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Nothing Nothing can compare to the three and a half, four hours of intenseness of college football and the buildup to every single thing with college football. But the absolute highs and how fun and long the basketball season is comparatively uh, is absolutely wild. And it's so good to have that energy back. Yeah. I mean, I said it in the video that, uh, you know, after we lost that this is my favorite Cats Hoops team maybe ever. Again, recently, recency bias heavily influencing that statement. But the similarities between the 2010 team and this team are pretty pretty legitimate. I mean, two teams with top-tier talent and spots. Um, neither team won the Big 12, the Elite Eight run. Um, both have a lovable game takeover guard. Uh, two teams with legitimate top-tier talent. Uh, highlights every game that were... <laughs> that are going to be played over and over and over. But most importantly, 
both teams made me absolutely fall in love with basketball again to a level I didn't know was possible. Uh, and I, I just cannot wait to see what Jerome Tang and staff can do moving forward. Um, early on in the season, maybe about midway through when we were sitting about 16 and two, I mean, I couldn't believe it obviously, but there was part of me that was thinking, you know, are, are we just kind of catching lightning in a bottle right now? Is this for real? We went through our little bit of a lull and then we bounced back, but there was definitely part of me that was like, I, I mean, is this just one of those, one of those years where the first year guy comes in and turns around, it's, it's kind of the new manager bounce and everybody's bought in. It's just kind of the culture thing and it's working out, but towards the tail end of the season, I mean, I think so many things about Tang make me believe that this is going to last, you know? I mean, I think there's there's multiple in-game moments where you can just see his legitimate coaching pedigree, how good he is with, with the culture. I mean, and then the media team. The media team is casting spells on me, I think. Like, I, I really believe, like, the, co- the combination and – of course, his ability to to recruit. I mean, what he was able to do and what the staff was able to do in, what, nine months? They they got 11 players to come in here and uh, win. How many games did we win? 11? 11 games in the Big 12 yep, yep. and um, 25 games overall, 24, 25 games 24, overall, Elite Eight run. Like um, I mean, it's insane. It's it's There's parallels to the football staff in that – not only do I think that they are good at actually recruiting, but they can their talent ID and their ability to find guys uh, that fit their system, fit what they want to do, even though they may not be, uh, you know, high end, you know, top of the list, highly recruited guys. That's important to me. That's arguably even more important than the ability to go get a game breaking player. But I think they have the the ability to do both. And uh, there's not very many people left that are not on the Tang train right now. And that feels very good. Like the things that he's accomplished are pretty unreal. Like just starting with the fan base is pretty mind blowing because we've got some pretty stubborn folks. So Uh, me being one of them, it's crazy. I I was going to say with the fan base part of it, I actually don't think like to the extent, like, yes, it, it winning cures all winning first of all. cures all. But I, I, I really do think that it it didn't matter who was going to come in. I, I think that there was going to be a fan base buy-in. I, I, I truly believe that um, because of just everything that was the Bruce Weber era. Now that said from that opening press conference, Basically all through it. I th- there were a couple things that I rolled my eyes at, uh, with, with Jerome Tang and I talked about it. I, I thought some of the I thought I thought it was a very weird timing when he decided to kind of call out fans for not p- packing Bramlage, and I also think some of the manner, uh, because I think there was a directive to a couple former players to a couple family members of players saying, "Hey, yeah, you know, get on Twitter and." you know, say this episode, I, I don't think that when I, I thought that was a mistake from my point of view, but here's the thing. They start doing that. What happens? They sold out every single weekend game from there on out uh, a handful of the weeknight games. Uh, he got the students to stop chanting fuck KU. 
Uh, so everything he did that is it, pretty insane. Like it, it is wild. That. Everything he did uh, worked out, and, and this is I think this is kind of like okay. I it, it's I I'm the one who's lost touch. Like I hear some of these things, I'm like, all right, that's that's stupid. That's not going to work. Nope. Everything he did worked. So I mean, kudos to him uh, because I, I think there was going to be like a 85% buy-in, no matter who the coach was just coming off of the, the toxic Bruce Weber era, because it was, it was very toxic. And I was on both sides of the toxicity. Um, so, you know, I, I'm 100% part of it, uh, but to get 99.9% and like the 0.1% is Kevin Keatsman who, who <laughs> did, doesn't buy in. Like he's the only one and he's like a freaking unhinged lunatic. Uh, so still not bought in. I have no idea. I think he. I think he tried to walk it back on Twitter, but okay. Well, I mean, I, I do know. agree with you. Like any hire, there was probably going to be a honeymoon phase. There's always going to be that romanticism of, "Ooh, this could be really nice for us." But uh, he did not miss. <laughs> I mean, from day one, he pretty much did not miss. And even like the, there were some missteps, or at least seemingly there were missteps that he had. It in the end kind of proved out to prove to work out for him you know like even like the rent free comment like to KU like there are certain things that bother people like I was getting texts like what the fuck is this like why is he saying this and I'm like and I'm like dude first of all yeah he's not wrong like he is not wrong uh but second of all like just chill first of all he chill let it play out let him let it play out. Give it some time. And the next fucking day we beat KU and the same people that were texting me, like, they're like, I don't care anymore. You're right. He's fine. Like, it's fine. It's like, first of all, winning does cure all, but he's not wrong. He his whole mantra is like, change the culture. I want you to expect to win. It's it's the it's the Huggins, why settle for second when first is available type of mentality. Like he truly is a winner and he expects to win every game. And it's it's high time we get on that train and start believing that ourselves. We deserve we deserve a little period where where we're the top dogs, right? Oh, I agree. Why not, kind of, Why not his, shoot for the stars? His reaction when beating Michigan State and beating Kentucky, like when their yeah. media members are trying to ask him questions, that's what I absolutely love. Uh, and I love that mentality. Uh, but I do have to ask this question because it is kind of alarming <laughs> when you look at it. Uh, Long Kruger, one trip to the second weekend, one Elite Eight. Frank Martin with K-State, one Elite Eight, one trip to the second weekend. Bruce Weber, one trip to the second weekend, one Elite Eight. All three of those guys went to four or more NCAA tournaments at K-State. Only one trip to the second weekend. Is there any part of you, because I'd be lying if I didn't say, cause I am in this camp. Part of me is worried that like, man, you know, that, that was our shot to kind of break this elite eight curse. Uh, and we might not get back to the second week. I, and that, that's probably like the pessimistic side of me again, you know, that's the whole thing that drone tanks trying to kill off from this fan base. He, I mean, hell he came back, he stood in the airport and told everyone, Hey, this is fine. Thank you for supporting us. But I want a parade, you know, saying that he wants to win a national championship. I'd be lying if there wasn't part of me that's like, fuck, that was that was our trip to the second weekend. 
again versus a team that we are favored to beat and we couldn't get it done. Is there any part of you that has that, or is it just me being a scaredy cat? Uh, <laughs> well, first of all, it's it's really hard to get to the second weekend. Uh, there's only a handful of coaches and teams that genuinely do it consistently, so it is fucking hard. It takes I mean, a that's ton the of... reason why Bruce never got the buy-in. He never I mean, got to the second weekend except for that one time. Not only does it take you know a good team, a good coaching staff, it takes a shit ton of luck too. I mean. It takes a good draw. It, it, it's just, it's fucking hard. Um, it's impressive that he did it, you know, year one. And I, but I, I, I think it would probably be unfair to be, and it may be unfair to him for people to expect this to be like a consistent level quite yet. Um, but that's what he's, that's what he's expecting. So that's, that's good that he believes like, no, yeah, this is our level. Look what I did in nine months. We had two fucking players, and I did this with 11 dudes that I brought in. That's another thing that comforts me a little bit is, like, it's his eye that brought the rest of the team in. Now, I think Keontae Johnson could be, like, a a once-in-a-lifetime type of portal get. Um, And, you know, Noel wasn't his guy, but he certainly elevated his play. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, I think that relationship... I think they benefited of, of that. Both of them benefited from that relationship that they kind of curated together. But I mean, if we look at the team, each coach individually, Lon, not my era. I know fuck all about those teams and, and Lon really. Um, but in my opinion, he's a bit of a loser for bailing on K-State and being able to coach against his alma mater in the, in conference so many years. I don't, I'll never understand that. Um, Frank, I don't think he's that good of a coach general generally. Uh genuinely. I, I think this this is my take and and I and I I put I put this out there uh I think I put this out there during the Bruce Weber era. I I think Frank Martin uh got lucky getting Jacob Poland and Denny Clemente two absolute alphas and then he he had a gold-plated luck run to the final four of South Carolina. I think there's a fucking reason why he only went to one tournament with South Carolina and he was getting his ass kicked all year at UMass. Yeah, I mean, I I love Frank. I thought the Frank era was oh, it so was much a ton fun. Of fun. Uh, I, I will always love Frank, but I, especially yeah, in today's I, era, in today's college basketball, no, his, I don't. I don't think he's that good of a coach. No, his Bruce was. Uh, where do I even start with Bruce? Um, I mean. What's there? What's left to say about Bruce that hasn't already been said? We all kind of know his shortcomings. Um, I don't. I mean, does it not feel like Tang is different? It, it does feel like. I mean, and it's but, early. It's but, very early, but he feels like a cut above, and he feels like he just kind of gets it in every way. And I want to see how his recruiting plays out. Um, and you know, how does he build a roster? How can can we keep the staff together? Um, I mean, that's another thing. I mean, that's a big thing. Like, just look at the support staff. Too. There's a lot of variables that play Ugh. into this type of thing, but um, I think we'll get to the second weekend again. He understands. Like, what what I love most about Tang and his viewpoint of the tournament is, he says you got to have a one, two, or a three seed every year to give yourself a chance to get deep. And what did he do? He comes in and he gets us fucking three seed, and we were on the verge of a two seed if we, if we didn't kind of fumble it a little bit at the end so he he knows what it takes and he's been on a staff and hell (laughs) 
who knows how much of that national title and that Baylor success really was on the shoulders of Jerome Tang. I don't know. All of it. Rate, if you ask I rate me, Scott all Drew. It. Yeah, it's all Jerome. I rate Scott Drew, but like maybe time will tell. Maybe he'll fall off, and it really was Jerome. I don't know. He was there for 19 years, and I'm sure he had a, an enormous part of of that Baylor winning team. So he's been there. He's done that. He knows what it takes to win in the tournament. I love the – like that's always stuck out to me. You have to have a, a top three seed basically to give yourself a shot. And, um, you know, he's right. So not only is he going to be, in my opinion, good in tournament time, but he knows that you're going to have to be good the entire year to be good in tournament time. So I, I'm excited. I, I, I can't wait for November to roll back around for basketball. It's bizarre. It's utterly bizarre. I got two more questions for you surrounding basketball. And then I, I want to talk about big 12 champion K-State Wildcats with you for a little bit uh, before we end on uh, actually not going to end, but there's like one other kind of structured topic I wanted to talk about, which I, I feel like is perfectly on brand for our show. Uh, if you go back and if you've been a listener from day one, um, but two questions for you for basketball, if you were going to dust off the interview, uh, you know, microphones, you know, for you, Mm-hmm. to conduct an interview with anyone on the basketball staff besides Jerome Tang, who would you want to sit down on Zoom with or in person with for 30 minutes to talk to on this basketball staff? There are some absolute characters from Yurik all the way down to, you know, some of the GAs. Who would you want to talk to for 30 minutes on the mic? Huh, that's a good question. I mean, everybody on – in the universe loves Marco and I would love to sit He's down with awesome. Marco, but honestly, maybe, uh, maybe Curtis Kelly. I wouldn't mind picking Curtis Kelly's brain. Um, yeah, probably one of those two. I mean, Marco, <laughs> I love Marco, but, and I don't really know much about him other than that. He's like the most photogenic angel I've ever seen in my life. He's just the cutest guy in the world. So I love him. I did meet uh, Jerome Dowling twice uh, at a football game and kind of stopped and talked to him. Uh, he was super nice and pretty funny guy. But I, I'll, I'll go with Curtis Kelly, even though he's not really a coach. But And I think technically he has to move on because this was his second I know, season. yeah, sadly. I think he does. I hope he links up with Shane Southwell. I love Shane. Shane's awesome. I miss Shane. All right, and then the second one is, and this is on brand for our show as well, but uh, Jerome Tang said in the press conference after uh, the unfortunate loss to FAU that both Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson deserve to go up in the rafters. First off, love that he is already going to bat for Mm -hmm. his guys, and I actually think there is a scenario. I hope it doesn't happen like this. I think there's a scenario that – one of those two guys, Marquise or Keontae, might be the next ones up. I hope that doesn't happen because uh, there's a lot of deserving people. And I think there's a handful that need to go up there before those two. But if Jerome Tank's here for like three or four years, he he's vocal about you know supporting his guys. Uh, it might happen. But he, here's my question to you. Uh, Marquise, I, I think I know your answer to this one. Keontae, I don't know if I know your answer. But if you were the, were the czar, the czar of the rafters, 
and their resumes came to your desk, are you stamping yes or no? Oh, I'm stamping yes. Um, for, for both? Definitively? For both. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I, I don't have like this uh, – I'm not super – particular about who goes up in the Raptors as I'm not as particular as you and like, you know, Jimmy are obviously I think it's important to have some set of criteria. Um, I don't, I mean, I think all the guys in the Raptors and all, all of them have all American honors in common. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, I I would cast a little bit of a wider net. And first of all, I'm getting pretty fucking annoyed by like the Poland not being up there. Uh, Beasley not being up there and it's like it's their fault at this point like they're being too damn particular about the scheduling obviously gene wants jake up there he's mentioned it i mean gene's yeah next time i get gene on i'm gonna try to get him to like say definitively one way or another on beasley chauncey's going nuts i don't have blinds up just got new windows don't have blinds up in my main living room so anytime a car or delivery person comes by just goes absolutely batshit crazy um, but the next time I talk to Gene, I'm going to say, hey, look, we all know Jake. And again, that, that's Jacob Poland's own fault. Like he's been back during games. He could have gone yeah, up. Like, come on. Year. Like, what the fuck are we doing? We, get we your ass up there. You I can always I get it. I get his what he wants to do. Yeah, I get if, it. But if like, that's what that's he crazy, wants. Dude. If that's what he wants, fine. Uh, but some of these people need to chill out. Like there was some student who brought a sign every single game. It was like a doom sign. Then you flip around, be like, put Jacob pulling in the rafters. Dude, it, it's been well documented. It's been well He's documented go. for like close to a de- or five years now. It's been five years. Why Jacob isn't up there yet. I am going to like straight up say, all right, Gene, like we all know it's like Jacob's call, but like Beasley, has that been signed off? Like, ha- like I want to hear him say it. Um, Beasley belongs, obviously. I my Beasley dad, belongs. Kevin, shout out to Kevin, does not agree. And he probably doesn't agree with Keontae. I don't understand that. But I would cast a wider, like a, a little bit of a wider net. I think there's I think there's multiple guys that, that are deserving of being in the rafters. I mean, I'd put guys like, I don't, my criteria would be, you got to look at multiple things. Like, are they a champ? Are they a conference champion? You know, are they statistical leaders and, multiple different categories or the leader in one category, multiple first team, all big 12, all American honors. Like I would look at multiple things. Um, there's guys that are incredibly important, you know, to the history of our basketball program uh, that, that I think are deserving of being up there. I'd put, you know, Dean up there. I'd put Magruder up there. I might, I'd talk, I'd have a conversation about Barry Brown. I would definitely do Noel Johnson. I mean, these are guys that played a, a a big memorable part in the basketball program's history. And a lot of them came in the midst of very dark periods where they grabbed the program by the fucking scruff of the neck and pulled it out of the water. And I think that's, you know, more important than did they, did they make a third team all American team? I, 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 I'm more of a memories guy. Let's get some of these guys up there. No, and, and the only name that you actually said that I disagree with is Barry Brown. Barry. But you know, <laughs> Twitter, you know, there there are Twitter arguments, and sometimes that's like a top five like take I had on Twitter. 
uh, that folks he, he'd fit my criteria. Before. He's a Big Twelve champ. He's That's, a Steels hey, leader. And look, if he I'm, goes up, I'm not going to protest. Fucking it. love Barry Brown. Uh, something that I, I'm going to maybe make my uh, like t- turn into my like new project, not project because I'm not going to accomplish anything. I think there needs to be a specific <laughs> banner for conference tournament championships because uh, we actually agreed. The, the Big Eight championship, like I think, it was in '81. That was our last tournament championship. That's actually just up there on conference championship on the conference championship banner. We can't have that. We that should not that. be the case. We can have our own conference tournament banner. I've got too much skin in that argument. I know. We cannot I, have that. I know. I know. <laughs> and and I actually um, I'm like, man, should I have even should I have even said that on air? I maybe not. But we need it our own. It must be just banner. a mistake. It must be a mistake. Sure. <laughs> but but I also want to include on that banner. This is where we could get a little tricky. I want to include all the holiday championships, the old big six, seven, and eight uh, holiday championships. Hell so yeah. I went back and looked at like old schedules and was like, ooh, okay, we, we won the holiday tournament here, here, and here. I would include that on the conference tournament banner. Why and not? The other thing, what, we need to start acknowledging our uh, Kansas College Association conference championships in football and the big six a tur- or a championship in football back from 34 hang the so, banners i hang agree the banners put it up like we won we only acknowledge the you know the three big 12 titles we had let's let's acknowledge all of our conference championships so that's that um and let, let's get into football let's talk about football real quick it's been a lot longer you know it's been like four and a half months since it happened um yeah but that football, that Big 12 conference championship game, that goal line stand. Granted, I was melting down so hard when I went to overtime. I was Same. Oh I thought we I thought that was it. And I was like, I, I, I was sitting right there behind the team. Uh, and like Taylor Bratt was like walking up down the sideline. He was like pointing at me, telling me to like, you know, stop acting basically like a bitch. <laughs> uh, my words, not his. But he kept looking at, at me. He's like trying to hype me up. I was just like, oh my gosh. Uh, but that goal line stand, uh, kind of anticlimactic setting up the field goal. Like you get one first down, and then you kind of center it. But like, man, this is another reason why I think that one feels different. Um, you deal with injuries in the game. You have absolutely massive moments that lead to a game-winning Ugh. field goal in overtime. Just, just in monumental K-State games, like – you know, the, the somatic or cinematic value, you know, we kicked OU's ass. Like that game was never uh, in doubt. And then you have the whole 2012 thing. We already kind of talked about why that season was like a little, eh, whatever. I mean, it, it, it truly was kind of like a movie this football season. It was. And I haven't rewatched any of the games of that year or of this past season, but there's like five really good rewatches in the season. And what always pisses me off, like in the, in the past of K-State football, when I want to want to rewatch games, all the good games aren't at home. We have, we have like a handful of games this year that we won that were at home that like, there's just something different about, I want to see like the crowd. I want to see the K-State crowd loud. I want to see, you know, the roar, of the defensive, the defensive crowd. I want to see them explode on, on offensive touchdowns, offensive big plays. We've got, I mean, 
let's see what what games are there that were that are amazing rewatches. Oklahoma, obviously, way. Texas Tech, low key, a pretty fucking good game. I, we were up. And I'm so they came mad back, to, tied at twenty to twenty, and then we kind of pulled away. And I thought I had was a great. broken ankle in the East Club, and you I, saved. I came out of nowhere. I saved you. Um, Oklahoma State absolutely obliterate them at home. Elite crowd, beautiful weather. Um, the KU game, great rewatch. That's a great rewatch. And then the Big Twelve Championship, another elite rewatch that I have not rewatched yet. And the best part about it was like we were the standalone game on the A team time slot with the big commentators. Um, it was a fucking awesome year, a really great year, and uh, it got us. We got, not only did we get a trophy, but there were so many good characters within this team um, that, and so many good storylines kind of interwoven in the season. You've got the two quarterbacks that everybody loves you know adrian martinez is kind of redemption which, which and funny then, thing is coming into the season like people were not there was a large swath not sold on adrian martinez and then uh-huh. you and i both know people's opinions on will howard because I, I think we both were kind of in that camp like we don't know if will will ever cut it at this level yeah i mean I thought like Will could be a good K State quarterback, but I thought it would be like his fifth year. You know, like I just wasn't sure. And in hindsight, it's that makes perfect sense why he struggled as much as he did in the time in the game times that he game time that he was given before you know this kind of redemption year. But you've got those two stories of two redemption arcs for both of these quarterbacks in different ways. You've got all timers, Felix, Deuce, guys that are legitimately legitimate like hall of fame k-state players on either side of the ball you've got and then like the supporting cast of dudes like brents and echo that are like legitimately elite players and uh you know daniel green who's coming back by the way which is kind of insane love that um i absolutely love that you've got zentner who comes in uh for Tennant, who's who's struggling and he doesn't miss a kick the rest of the year. Not only does he not miss a kick, but he can hit him from like 55 and he caps off the season with the game winner, smiling on national television. Like, no worries. This is a chip shot. I got this. Um, it was great. And I think something I'd like as well to add a little bit of fuel to the fire, hashtag rent free, all the talk about KU when they were 5-0, and all of the, you know, anxiety I had about KU because I'm insecure um, about K-State. And something I've learned about myself, actually, side note here, I don't give a shit about KU basketball when they win. Like, they are established elite, and they've been elite my entire life. So, like, even when they won the national championship last year, I was like, I don't really care. Like, they're a blue blood. It's, I was it's what the, it's I what, just literally I, went I, to sleep. I didn't watch yeah, any of the game. I slept. 08, I was like, oh, I hated it. I hated seeing them win in 08. But it's like, last year did not bother me. And it's like, KU, they won the Big 12 again. Does not fucking bother me. Like, they are good. I get it. They're blue blood. They're established. Fair fucks to them. But if I see them win one quarter in football, I want to kill everyone on earth. Like, I hate it. I hate seeing any success for KU football. It makes my skin crawl. And, uh, them starting five and zero, being on game day, I was like, 
I had my TCU. I was gigging them or whatever. That's no, that's Texas A&M. I was frogging them, whatever the hell it was. Yeah, it's big them with them a thumb, and that's a oh, what what do they say? Fro- is it frog? I, I don't I don't know. But, Riff Ram uh, TCU. I frog. watching them and then you know just lose seven out of the last eight uh, was great, and you know beating them by 20 at home when we honestly didn't even really play very well. I mean, the, um, the entire second on, half we on were prime just like time, running the, running the clock just, out basically in the second just, half. Yeah. Um, that added a little bit to it. So it, it was all just very, very fun. Um, I got to get to go to, to a few games and we won all of them. Actually, no, we lost to Texas, but it was a great year. And I can't wait for it to come back around. And I have just like the basketball team, like so much faith in the staff. And it kind of feels like uh, it's not a fluke. Like it kind of feels like, all right, Kleiman did not peak. It feels like he's about to hit the ground running to me. Um, I mean, recruiting is taking off. But when I saw Kleiman um, in an early presser, I think it was like kind of a spring ball presser. He looked just kind of like he had some swagger back. He the, the one loose. back in March, like before the Big yeah, 12 tournament. Yeah, basically the first oh presser of the year. I've I, never seen him more That filled me with like, confidence. Yeah. It, I mean, it, I, I really do feel like he kind of cracked. He's, he's, he's over the hump. And, you know, it doesn't surprise me. Um He was on – he's always been on track for this, really. If you, if you take the COVID year out – um this is kind of like don't even like acknowledge his, that. Season. Yeah, you know, a lot of people say there's or they they kind of put that timeline on a coach like they need to be winning by year three. Um, this was kind that was kind of his last his third year. That's when you really get to see the chops of a football coach. The the time it takes to kind of build and curate your roster. That third year things kind of start to pay dividends mostly. Um, and I, that was kind of his third year, and he won a fucking championship. And recruiting is great, and you know. He knows how to hit the portal. He knows how to that. This staff really has a great eye for talent. They can develop players across the board. We've got everyone back on our offensive line, and they're too deep. Like we could run it back. We could legitimately we, run it back. We've got we, a star 100%. coming in, injected into the running back who has got some serious, serious talent. Um, and I think we've got an who's our Junction City boy. Oh, DJ the Blue Jay Giddens, DJ, maybe. DJ Giddens, I think, is is poised to take a step forward. Um, <laughs> he had like 600 yards good. last year. He had like 600 yards yeah. last year, like between rushing and passing. Most Aaron quiet, receiving. quiet 600 yards yeah. you'll ever see. And, yeah, didn't and he have like eight touchdowns, touchdowns or something? Yeah, <laughs> it was stupid. Um, here, Here's a take. Here's a take. And I, I've, I've thought this um, basically since – uh, we lost to TCU and then versus Texas as well. Um, and you can tell me this is stupid. And I would be like, all right, hey, that's fine. <laughs> Losing that game versus Tulane. Um, and, and look, I don't want I don't want to lose that game, and I'm not happy we lost that game. But losing that game versus Tulane made the entire Big 12 season far more stress-free and kind of able to enjoy it because you didn't trick yourself into thinking, <laughs> Oh, yeah. we could be a playoff team, you know, 
Uh, and I think I was able to enjoy the entire landscape of college football a little bit more without like that added stress of like, Oh, you know, we, we could find our way into the playoff and ultimately seeing what happened to TCU in that championship game. And, and we would have won. Wrong. We would have lost minimum 65 to eight. Oh, <laughs> it would have, it would have been disgusting. And, and again, this is, this is not Which a, which would have been one point better than TCU. Yes, it would have. It's my point. We um, would have, been better than TCU. Yes, yes, and I actually, I, I believe we were the deserved Big Twelve champions. Of course, we um, were. Like, and I don't think it's even close. Like, I, I think honestly, I, I think Texas might have been the second best team. I think they were better than TCU. Um, but Thank they're God still they Texas. Didn't. They're still Thank Texas. God they finished third. Yes, no, no, totally agree. Fuck them. Uh, <laughs> agree, and I can't honestly can't wait to get rid of them. I wish we weren't playing them uh, this season. Yeah, um, but. Agree. But I, I look, I I think the ultimate goal for K-State football right now, as things are constructed, are winning the Big 12. And I and I'm so and not happy, but but there was there really was something about the fan base and even how the players reacted throughout the year saying, hey, the goal is to get to Arlington, and then the goal once you're there is to win the Big 12 title. And I mm-hmm. think the entire fan base was kind of Pulling to that uh, goal. I mean, and and going into that Oklahoma game uh, after the Tulane, and I was there. Fucking amazing. Top, like one of the top games I've ever been to. I blacked out so hard that it was amazing. And it took like three hours. It took me three hours, actually, probably two hours, two hours to get from Norman back to Oklahoma City because traffic trying to leave that it was just disgusting but even going into that game everyone was saying like hey look the ultimate goal is still there yes it sucks and then there was kind of like i mean the the climbing haters i mean every time they lose a non-conference game the climbing haters are there and then you know the folks after the oklahoma game even saying oh even ron prince owned texas you know people trying to detract from that but for the most part like 85, 88% of the fan base was polling, like all trains are going to Arlington. And I, I think there was kind of like some uh, relief. There there was just some like, uh, you know, kind of like easy going like, hey, look, you know, you already lost one game. You don't have to worry about the playoff. You just have to worry about getting to Arlington. It doesn't matter if you're wearing purple or white in that game. You get there and you play for the Big 12 championship. And, uh, you know, th- that that's awesome. That, 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 and, and we got it done. It was just an amazing game. And then there was some chick at the concession stand. I bought one beer. She filled my cup up for free the rest of the game. It truly was amazing outside of the U.S. losing to Holland, you know, before that. That was oh, a yeah. disgusting game. about that. Yeah, eh, fuck that whatever. Game. I mean, whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, just what, what an amazing season. And, and, am I stupid for that take no, about the two? Not only, not only do I think that's fair, I mean, I think that there's, some legitimate truth to like, I mean, I personally never believed that this was a playoff team, uh, but it almost seems like the team itself didn't really ever believe that they were a playoff team. They were pretty consistently vocal about the winning the big 12, get to Arlington, win the big 12. And about that, that kind of, kind of felt like the primary goal uh, from top to bottom. Um, And I do not think, I mean, if we if we beat Tulane, I, I just feel like that Tulane loss was the catalyst for so many different things. Um, 
within the coaching staff, but also within the players, you know, the player room. Um, we saw two major changes after that. It opened, it, it loosened the buttholes of Colin Klein and, and Adrian Martinez. I mean, it was night and day different going forward. Colin played for the most part, Colin, Colin called different game, a different game going forward. Now in the tech game, I thought he got a little bit conservative, <laughs> but outside yeah, of that, end, at the end of that, yeah, and 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 a lot of that has to do with Will Howard things opening up down the line. But we don't beat OU if we beat Tulane. I don't think. I mean, it's possible, but OU, OU was OU flying. Was they were flying at that time. And sure, but like, who had they played? I don't know. Nobody. Don't know. <laughs> I mean, but that's the answer. Nobody. They like Nebraska. Do we go in there with a chip on our shoulder as much as we do? Do are we? I mean, and I mean, it still took like our best game. I mean, we won the game by six, and it took a fucking miraculous scramble to ice the game. Uh, True, but we kind of gave up that. I mean, that we, we gave, gave up, up the up last touchdown. touchdown. Yeah, I mean, it, we we would have played that game a little bit different. I think. I think so. I think so. I mean, but everyone in the world still believed in OU at that time. Definitely OU believed in themselves, and, you know, we went into a cauldron that night on primetime television, and we got it done. I don't think we beat – it's it's hard to say. It's impossible to say, but I think that the odds change significantly, significantly if we squeak out a, a an ugly win against Tulane and we go into Norman conservative as hell and, you know, the way that we were approaching those first three games – you know, I think that I totally agree that the loss to Tulane at, at a minimum took some pressure off and everyone was like, fuck it. Let's just, we're going to Norman. Let's go. And it paid off. And I think it paid off in the long run. Obviously there's different intricacies and storylines within, within the season, you know, namely Will Howard that kind of changed the trajectory of this team. And it might've even raised the ceiling, even though Martinez was playing, at a very high level in many ways. Uh, he can't, he couldn't, it was evident that he couldn't quite get the best out of Colin Klein like Will Howard was able to do at the peak of this offensive season. So, um, but I agree with you. I, I don't think that you're wrong in saying that. Um, it felt like a, a fork in the road uh, po- in a positive way for for Klein and Martinez and, and the rest of the team. Just kind of, we breathed after that and we we saw a different team, I think, a, a team with a lot more swagger and bravery. At least that's the, what it feels like to me. Is the white helmet curse real? No, we've won in a white helmet before, haven't we? Like no, once. maybe not. Like no, and a white like helmet. The, the white it might be camo. the white helmet curse. Didn't didn't we win a one no. of the games in the white camo? No, we lost both of them. <laughs> no. The only alternate alternate I think we've won in in football is the camo. Power cat against uh Iowa State back out of Fort Riley day. That's hardly an alternate. We did play West Virginia in the camo white. We lost and we lost to Oklahoma State in the camo white. Both both games we lost. I mean, we lost in a white helmet to everyone. Oh, We've yeah. never won in a white helmet. Oh my You're right. Gosh. We lost to Baylor with the white helmet, white pants. We've yeah. lost to West Virginia who was terrible in the cat script white helmet. We lost in the bowl game with the all whites. We've never won in a white helmet. And frankly, I don't, 
I'm I don't like alternates anymore, and it's not because of that. I do. I still I, like alternates. When I see it, like I I didn't like the helmet. Oh, it I loved it. If, I like it, but it's got to be, in my opinion, it just fucks with my brain. Because like when we when we just have an alternate helmet logo but we still have like the same template in the rest of the uniform. It's like, it just looks wrong to me. Like I want to, if we're going to do something new, let's do something new. Cause I, I genuinely love our template, but it like, I'm so used to seeing the power cat with the, you know, the, the Dallas Cowboys style uniform that when I, when I see like a white purple, white, it's like, it just feels wrong. It doesn't feel right to me. Oh, it, we got to mix it right up to me. I, yeah, I know I, I do. What I do it. love to see is still the all white. I love the, like the bowl game, that looks that but looks. We've right. still only done that, that once. Good. I know, but it looked amazing, and yeah. it didn't bother me like uh, like it, the other stuff does. But yeah. I'm All open right, to whatever. I... Apparently, there is a curse because we cannot fucking win with any alternates, and I don't know until we do. <laughs> I think you have to. I think you have to try. It can't it. be ignored. I think you have to try it again this year versus uh, the whoever like the very FCS first game. It. Yeah, you got to uh, FCS it. Who is the FCS this year? Uh, uh, because here's South the thing: East we have Missouri. to play Semo. We we would yeah. beat the fuck out of Semo. Although Oklahoma State struggled with Semo for, for for the first half this year, uh, but Troy, of course, like fucking do not shit. Do Troy, do not do Missouri. But, but Troy is like, got to be Semo. They were like a top 20 team last year. Why are I we? Uh. I know. <laughs> and I'm actually kind of nervous about that Mizzou game for as much kind of shit as like fans talked. And then like even the social media teams after we honest. did that. And Eli Drinkwitz is a fuckhead. Really uh, want to win that game. I'm going to be honest with you. We're winning 10 games. Like we are going to be good. Oh, I, I, I feel I very good about our team. And I think we're going to destroy Missouri again. Like I, I, I hope so. I'm going to go. We're pretty far out, obviously, but like, I just, I don't worry about Missouri at all. They are so poorly coached. And I think that we're basically reloading going into next year. Definite question marks at wide receiver that worry me. Oh, somebody, I'm, I'm going to have to see somebody step up. I'm more nervous you know, about cornerback than wide receiver. Corner could be. I mean, bad, you got Philip Brooks, you got Keegan Johnson, you saw dudes, Ben Sennett at tight end. We've seen dudes kind of plug in, plug. We've seen I mean, dudes plug in at corner. RJ Garcia, the greatest social media guy ever. How great is that? Yeah, he's pretty funny. He's he he could have a a different career ahead of him. I need that every single week until I die. Um, I might get it. Yeah, I might. All right, let's get into the kind of final topic, which is kind of funny. And again, for the anniversary episode, it kind of goes back to uh, the number one take. Actually, it's not the number one. Actually, no. The the take that still to this day. Uh, some people on message boards say, I don't listen to the show because, and, and it's how <laughs> we treated Bill Snyder in his final year. Um, at least that's, that's how it is phrased. Um, but the, the biggest news in it's very interesting news. Sean Snyder is the special assistant to Lance Leipold. Um, here's my take on it. And then I'm just going to, I'll let you get your take on there as well. From a purely football point of view, this does not matter one bit. Uh, this is not going to make KU better. This is definitely not going to give them any sort of edge versus K-State. Uh, 
Sean Snyder has not been anywhere around this program uh, since Kleiman's first year. And part of the reason why Sean Snyder is doing this is because he was, again, he was just kind of around. He, he wasn't even doing anything that final year. Ultimately, Sean Snyder is doing this because this is my opinion. This is not, this is not me saying like, Oh, I know something that this is, this is not, this is my opinion. My opinion, Sean Snyder is doing this because he is still pissed off at Gene Taylor and Chris Kleiman, a for firing his dad because Bill didn't retire. He got fired and for him being kept at arm's length, basically a stiff arm that final year he was around. You know, it's the cartoon of the Papa dog putting his hand on the little pup's head and the pup is trying to run to get closer, get closer, can never get within arm's length. I think this is specifically being done because Sean Snyder is acting out. He's still pissed off at K-State. And quite frankly, I think Bill is still pissed off at K-State too. Bill Snyder has been Tom Osborne's special guest speaking at Nebraska football, uh, you know, backer events. He's allegedly talked to the Tiger Club in Kansas City. He never had a final press conference and even anything done with K-State has been very quiet despite him being paid $250,000 a year to be a special ambassador. I think that the Snyder family still to this day, is very pissed off at Gene Taylor, at K-State, at Chris Kleiman. And this is their way of just kind of being like, you know what, fuck you guys. That's my take on it. I don't think it matters from the football field, but I think that they're just fine, or at least Sean is fine showing his true colors and his true opinions. And he he's like, I, I don't want to hide it anymore. It's out there in the open for everyone to see. That's my take. What's your take? Um... <laughs> Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if I really have a take all that much, but what I feel. Or you can punt and for the Snyders, about people getting mad. I don't give a fuck about anybody. Um, I mean, obviously when you talk about the Snyders, there's naturally, and we've been privileged enough to have like genuine connection and inside connections within the program and like relationships with players during those tenures to have an understanding of, you know, what it was really like under those player or under those coaches. And and it's kind of biased our view. And, and, and also to that point, we're kind of getting it from a certain group. You know, again, if, sure. we, if we would have talked to a handful of different folks, got connections with a handful of different folks, maybe, we have different opinions, just kind of putting that out there. Yeah. I mean, so not only do we have relationships with players and we get their side of the story, but I mean, we can't forget that there's, there's, it wasn't just us hearing these things and knowing these things like, you know, KSO had plenty of reporting on the toxicity of the, of the environment that was the end of the Bill Snyder era. And when you talk about Bill Snyder, Sean Snyder, whatever, I don't really, I mean, Sean Snyder means literally nothing to me. But when you talk about Bill Snyder there and and you accept that reality that was the end of his tenure of 2.0, the the kind of uh, cauldron, the 
the the divide of the coaching staff pitted, pitting against each other, the the overall just child child like child what am I looking for? Childish childishness of that environment. Um like you have to accept that reality, but you also have to accept that literally we may not even have like a football program without Bill. Like we are eternally grateful. 100%. I will love and worship Bill Snyder in many ways for the rest of my life. I love Bill Snyder. Like I do love Bill Snyder. He's the fucking best. He, during my formative years, he made K-State football so insanely fun. Like Bill is the greatest. I mean, he's arguably one of the best coaches. He's not arguably. He's one of the best football coaches of all time. And he's the best he football did. coach to never win a national yeah. title. Like he's a top 15, top 20 like, coach in the history of college football. What he, everybody knows what he did. Everybody loves him for what he did. But there is the reality that you have to face. Like <laughs> he stayed too long, which happens. Like it's human nature, dude. He spent 25 years at K-State. He's going to – it's going to be hard to let go. And it's probably hard for Sean to let go too. It is what it is. But like, yeah, I I don't really have any feeling towards Sean at all. Like he just kind of means nothing to me. Like, and it seems like he was kind of a background figure most of the time. Anyways, I know he was a special teams coach. I don't know what that really means. Our special team success has pretty much continued without him. So um, been in the top 25 the last two years it is what it is anyone from that staff so i it is kind of weird for sean snyder to be coaching on ku's staff like that is weird um and it definitely feels like uh there's some sort of agenda there um i personally wouldn't be able to do that that seems bizarre it keep just seems mind, bizarre keep in mind this is a demotion he he ever since he I, outside of the one year with chris Kleiman. Ever since he got the role of special teams coordinator uh, during 2.0, um, which I think was like 2010, it wasn't even the first year, uh, mm-hmm. but that he got an on-the-field coaching role. He only took on-the-field coaching role at USC. He took an on-the-field coaching role with Illinois, and he is he is taking a support staff role just to be at KU. I I and, yeah. I mean, here, here's the thing. And then, you know, I I, I when, when it was announced, I said, "Look, I'm I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Get your bread. Get his bread. You know. I mean, um, yeah, get, yeah. Probably making he, a pretty good chunk of change. Uh, yeah, because he really needs one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. I mean, yeah, not really. But you know, I, I, I he definitely doesn't. <laughs> look, look, and, and and here's the thing. And just kind of going back to kind of that relationship, and, and nothing. Bill Snyder is always going to walk on water at, at case all that type of stuff. But there, there still is, I think uh, not entitlement, but I think there's something about uh, Sean and how K-State fans feel about him because Bill Snyder went on a Twitter blocking spree. He blocked me. What he blocked me. And, and my tweet wasn't, <laughs> and I wasn't even going to bring it up on this show until Bill blocked me. I, I swear, I was just going to kind of let it pass. I wasn't, I because on the field, it truly doesn't mean anything. But I, when the news came out, I quote tweeted your best friend, your favorite journalist at CBS. I, I, I quote tweeted it and said, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut on this one. 
That's it. The only other stuff I did to interact with this is the Jose Mourinho. If I speak, I get in trouble. You know, <laughs> that that's it. I was not, I was not going to touch this. I was going to let sleeping dogs lie, but that out there, I'm like, okay, I got caught up in the Bill Snyder blocking spree. And here's the thing. I love Bill Snyder 100%. Um, but, but I do think some of the true colors and some of the true, uh, you know, fracturing at, at the institutional level between inst- institution Snyder and institution Kansas State, I think the fracture is still very, very real. I agree, definitely. And I think you're right when you say entitlement. Like, I, you wanted to steer away from that word, but I think that's the right word. Uh, and I think that if it's it's evidenced by the stories that we heard multiple times from multiple different stories coming out of the the program at the end of 2.0. Um, but, and again, it's human nature to kind of feel like he des- deserved a, a claim towards, towards that or a piece of the program. Um, but you know, if he wanted to fucking coach at K-State, then he should have left a long ass time ago and tried to be a head coach somewhere else instead of sitting as a special teams coach for 20 plus years. No, guess what? No, wasn't a coach for 20 plus years. He worked as an athletic department liaison for the majority of the time. Right. That's what's and, the and, wild thing. He was not even a coach until like 2010, 2011. Right. I mean, exactly. And if he wanted to coach K-State, then he should have he should have earned it. We have a, a pretty damn good athletic director. And if Sean was a viable, can, actual viable candidate for that job, he would have gotten a fair look because Gene is smart and he knows what he's doing. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it's kind of sad, really. Sean Snyder is kind of sad. He makes me sad. Yeah. I love Bill. I'll defend Bill. I will hate on Bill properly, but I will defend him. Uh, even his even his inefficiencies I will defend. But Sean, like, I don't know. I don't have a lot of time for him. I'll be honest. There you go. Plus, well, well, plus he was a punter. <laughs> like, I don't care. You're a punter, no. dude. Shut yeah. up. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Um, that's the only topic I had. So uh, I'll, I'll kind of just clear. He don't the, bleed uh... purple. I'll tell you that much. Oh no, he's no, no. He does not. And and I'm sure he's going to try to roll back into the you know stone unturned event uh, that the <laughs> former players do. I'm sure he's going to be around. Uh, and, and look, he's never going to be shunned. Like there's not going to be some real housewives of Manhattan, Kansas drama where he shows up at something and nobody talks to him, but this isn't calling. Like sex to get eyes on, though. Oh, I would love to. And here's the thing. I've talked to, talked to a few. I, I, I'll just, I, I don't think anyone would be surprised by some of the reaction to this, but this final thing on it. And then, like I said, I'm going to clear the runway. It's the anniversary show. I'll let you talk to your adoring fans. But uh, this isn't Colin Sexton, who is trying to get his foot in and kind of work his way up. You know, there there have been former K-Staters who have been like, hey, look, my career path is taking me through Lawrence, Kansas. They're trying to establish themselves. They're trying to get to a point where they're at the height of their profession. Uh, You know, Zenger. Uh, you know, former K-State guy who came through there. Hell, I think Crash Eckler is still on their staff, maybe. Uh, there there have been people who have come through there. The, the reason why this is different, the reason why I think K-State fans are like, all right, we're seeing your true colors, is he didn't need to do this. He has no. already sat out seasons where he hasn't coached. 
He's the reason why he didn't go to Nebraska. He went to USC and then he went to Illinois instead of Nebraska to save Scott Frost's job is because they never were going to give him an on the field coaching job. He has held out and said, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be an analyst. I'm not going to, I want to be a special teams coordinator. I'm not coming, but he changes all that takes a demotion to go to that. That's why it's true colors. Even if he was a special teams coordinator, I, I would not have felt I would not have done the whole, we're seeing his true colors bit. I mean, yeah, no, there's a pretty big time player in K-State history uh, that once told me Sean Snyder doesn't know a fucking thing about football. So I'm not real like, it doesn't surprise me that he is where he is. Um, you know, get your, get your money, take your role wherever. I, I don't care. He's, we've moved on. We're better. We're good. We're gargantuan now. This is a big program. We don't we don't mess around with that stuff anymore. All right. Talk to your fans. Everyone misses you. You're gargantuan. Still have tons of fans. Of course, you were named to the five-year anniversary Mount Rushmore by a lot of folks who tweeted in. Um, that doesn't count. Course. That's not fair. I can't be on the Mount Rushmore, I don't think. Some of them tried to put me on it. I mean, look, I, I don't – I mean, I'm a really host, a host for four years. I don't think yeah. – it's no, got to I mean, be a I, guest. Well, look, you, I'll take you it are, though. I'll take the bone. I'll take the bone. You're, well, I mean, you are the, I mean, number two figure in the history of the show behind me. That's true. I mean, That's true. Uh, so you, you still have thousands upon thousands of fans. So uh, now's the time to address them. Well, I love the anniversary want. shows. I mean, the fact that we're doing an anniversary show still is a credit to you. The show is where it is now because of you, not because of me. I've been off the show forever, but. I will shout out one fan specifically who I met the other day uh, at my work named Scott. His name is Scott. So shout out Scott. He's, uh, I guess he's a huge fan of the show. Maybe he's allegedly, I mean, he said he's a longtime listener and, uh, (laughs) but he also was like, I didn't know you were off the show. So it's like, Mm, are you <laughs> so, so, so sure he was, you're he actually was a, a big loyalist fan during to the, the early show years. but he was a big well fan i don't know i think he's still listening but whatever um shout out to shout out to him um i got to meet him the other day and ran into him in person actually so that was funny um i love my fans i love the fans i'm probably not gonna be on twitter much anymore for a while at least until sports comes back doing another hiatus trying to learn to read again properly but, but this is to your own accord you did not get banned just one i did not sure get banned no in fact i've doubled up i've got two big accounts now that i don't know what to even do with i hate it though i've re- i know i've said this a million times i i fucking hate it like i i wish i could stay off of it but what pulls me back every time is sports like it's so good for sports and there are things there are people that i actually do like to see and like read what they have to say you know, particularly with, with Arsenal, it's not it's not really ever K State. The K State sports shit is me just like just spamming and spazzing and stress stress tweeting, drunk being drunk and just vibing because like that's fun. I enjoyed it like during the season, like when we're good. But I hate Twitter so much. Eighty percent of it is just if I could take that time that I waste reading people's thoughts that I don't give a shit about and put it towards something else, that would be really great. I'm trying to do that. I tried to read a book the other day, and I swear, like, it's I after a paragraph, I felt like I'd worked, like, 
in the gulag for 12 hours. It's like, this is so much work to stay Imagine focused. trying to be a kid learning in today's environment. It's scary. How do they do it? <laughs> I don't know. I true. Oh, they're not. I don't think they're well, doing yeah. a very good job. No, I, actually, I, I, I think we're I actually, actually doing very poorly in, in that regard, but, um, I'll probably, it'll probably exist. And I'm sure I'll, I'll come back heavily when the cats, cats football rolls around. I mean, we wouldn't have moments like the grill, the cigs. Those are you, iconic you, moments that I'd have you, to keep doing. You turned yourself into a meme. Uh, the the, the really smoking did. cigar uh, one, the grill pick, the the cigarette. I mean, you, you've. I mean, again, gargantuan. It's fun. I mean, it was fun. And you know, when we're winning, it is fun uh, to be on Twitter with when the vibes are high. But um i do love doing the show still every once in a while i i kind of wanted to come on a little more but it just didn't line up and i didn't reach out so um it's good what we've built and what you've continued it's great and uh, we legitimately curated an entire community and now we have cult defenders and it's kind of funny and haters so it's the, been great. And I, I hope you carry there. it on. I hope you carry it on for as long as you can. And uh, But if you tap out, I won't blame you because it's a lot of fucking work. But it's hard to tap out when we're good like because then it's fun. It really is truly fun. And when you get the engagement from people, that's what makes it worth it. That's the whole point of watching sports is when you get to enjoy it with other people. So There you go. Good. So, go so with that said uh, – the anniversary show is always when I make an announcement about the future of the show. Um, so I, I'm going to say this at, at one point during the year, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm not committed to actually taking it a, another full year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the plan has always been to take a month off record, you know, five to seven episodes, release them to keep the Monday streak alive, which you hated by the way. I did hate that. You hated the Monday stream. It made me mad a couple of times. <laughs> there were a couple of times. Oh, man. But uh, we persevered. Yes, we it, it is still it. alive. Not quite the full five years because we actually did take about a month off. Like two months in, we took like a month off. Um, I'm that almost still, killed the show. Yeah, it almost <laughs> did. Like we, we, I mean, hey, but but we kept it going. So I, uh, I'm still going to take that break. And, and it was really going to be like, okay, deciding if the, the show was going to continue on. Um, I'm still going to take that break and I'm not going to commit to the full five days a week during football season. That might still be a thing. Um, I'm, I'm going to think about it, but but the show will go for at least another sports season. I am committing to that. Uh, and part of it is just kind of how much fun that tournament run is, how much excitement about the future, not only for football, but, for the Jerome Tang era. Um, so I've actually kind of let that slip out like on Twitter a couple times. Uh, so this is kind of like a little bit of breaking news. Yes, there will be a month long break. I'm going to pre-record some shows, um, but the show will go on. We will have a sixth anniversary show and I'm sure we're going to get you on between five to 10 times between now and this time next year. But I am making that announcement. This show will see, uh, at least March of 2024. So that's wild. Big announcement. I mean, I wouldn't mind getting on soon, doing a Q and A, and getting actually drunk on it. Uh, That'd be kind of fun. Be it's been a while. I think it's so. been a while since we slurred. Uh, 
<laughs> those ones go so long too. This one's pretty long. Yeah, Feels this long. one is pretty long. This one is pretty long. But it's our anniversary show, so it's okay. Um, we'll we'll get you on whether it's the end of year Q and A or maybe it'll be the Q and A coming back from the hiatus. Uh, but we'll we'll do a Q and A and we'll we'll get properly drunk and record. So, yeah, that's the announcement. That's the show. Um, any final words? I got nothing. All Meet right. me at the Cathead. That's all I got. Well, yeah, I was going to say for Grant, for Chauncey, the dog, for all the boneheads, we love you guys. Go cats. And then meet me at the cat. Head. There you go. Hail to the purple. Hail to the white. Wildcat in spirit. Wildcat in fight. Hail alma mater from sea to sea. Onward forever. Hail victory. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. Fight, UK State Wildcats for alma mater fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater. Fight, 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 fight. Glory in the combat for the Podcast Network.